Hi, we're Visible, the wireless company with nothing to hide. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not into you. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is Jimmy Kemsky from PhillyWoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton from BleedingGreenNation.com. You are listening to BGN Radio, episode number 170, the post-post Carson Wentz trade edition. Uh, Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Jimmy, the NFL Combine is usually happening around this time of year, but mm-hmm. no Combine this year. So it's a, it's a slower week, even though the Eagles just traded their franchise quarterback last week. So it's kind of... Uh, strange in that regard. But before we get into today's show, Jimmy, which obviously we have a great show for the listeners, as always, you can check out Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, which you should, by going to RighteousFelon.com and using discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Um, but no more time for plugs, Jimmy, I guess, because what are we talking about today? Well, there's no real news. I mean, the only concrete news that has happened uh, since the Eagles traded Carson Wentz was that, um, I guess, the team released... Deshaun Jackson, uh, and then I, this didn't this didn't need to be reported, but it was reported that Alshon Jeffrey is going to be cut. Uh, that'll occur after the first day of the new league year when they can designate him as a June first cut. Uh, what was what has not been reported, I don't think yet, but is you know every, we all know it's going to happen. Is Malik Jackson will be the other guy that's that's cut. Who he will also be a June first designated cut. Uh, but yeah, the the three obvious moves. Clearly, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Malik Jackson. The one that we haven't heard anything about yet is Marquise Goodwin. And I wonder if they actually will bring him back because after they traded for him, so his cap number is like, like out of control. Like it's not, it's like not anything that you would ever keep him on. But after they traded for him, they were able to work out like a huge pay cut uh, per Mike K, I believe, uh, had that after they traded for him during the draft last year. So I do wonder if they'll bring him back on that negotiated trade cat or that negotiated um, uh, uh, pay cut number, but remains to be seen. Anyway, uh, because there's no concrete news, I figured we would just jump right in to what uh, is sort of the topic of the week, which is should the Eagles draft a quarterback at sixth overall? My sense. Uh, following uh, along and you know seeing reactions to articles and just being on Twitter or whatever is that the fan base is pretty solidly against it is that sort of uh your i guess perception of the fan base as well it is Jimmy one real quick thing on the goodwin thing is that uh, i think mike k put out there that the contract restructure actually didn't happen you know right. because he did opt out so um, so maybe they just picked that up from where it left off. Or I also saw something uh, here on Reddit, I think it was, about how Goodwin was on like his Instagram live and said that he's trying to work out like a restructure with the Eagles. Okay. And so so that's just a quick right. aside. Right, to... who cares? But <laughs> Anyway, um, just wanted to mention that. Uh, yeah, so um, on the quarterback front, Jimmy, uh, I definitely do get that perception out there that uh and look mel kuyper posted a mock draft today his second one of the offseason and he has jamar chase to the eagles at number six and i put a poll at the bottom of the article uh asking people to grade it a b c d f and uh vast majority overwhelmingly people don't have a problem with with jamar chase (laughs) there's an a so (laughs) yeah i think people and i think that's part of where it comes from it's a it's a it's a mix of different factors i don't think it's just that people are like all caught up in jalen hurts and totally believe in him but i feel like they deserve you i feel like they think he deserves a shot i feel like uh there is question to the quarterback the eagles are going to get because probably at best you're looking at the third best quarterback or the third quarterback off the board at least if you're taking one at six Mm -hmm. you're not trading up and I don't think people want to trade up, especially after doing that before. And I think the other thing, um, well, I guess those are the main things. I don't know what else I was going to say. So I'll just cut it off there. Well, you have like, I mean, it could be the fourth quarterback too. Because you have, I mean, you, you have three teams in the top four picks that are 
you know, pr- pretty much primed to take a quarterback. J- the Jaguars are going to take Trevor Lawrence. The Jets, uh, of course, need a quarterback in theory. They're, there's ideas out there that they might just hang on to Sam Darnold, and that sounds like a lot of pre-draft uh, nonsense to me. And then the Falcons have the fourth overall pick. Uh, they are heading into rebuild mode, and uh, it would make sense for them to try to trade uh, Matt Ryan. And then you have a lot of teams behind the Eagles, too, that need quarterbacks like uh, Carolina, uh, Denver. Um, you could maybe make an argument for Detroit, even though they traded for, even though, you know, they got Jared Goff back in the trade uh, of Matthew Stafford. So, yeah, I mean, there are plenty of teams up in that top 10 that need quarterbacks, and uh, the Eagles will not obviously have their pick of the litter. But there are the four guys. We'll just go through them real quick. I know you already know who they are, but it's Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. You have Ohio State's uh, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson from BYU, and Trey Lance from uh, a school that we've all become familiar with, North Dakota State University, of course. So, uh, yeah, those are the four guys. I started or five. five. Well, Mac Jones is in there, too, from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, Kuiper had him pretty high, didn't he? Like he in, in that last, like, nine or something like eighth, that? Eighth to the Panthers. Eighth. Okay. Yeah, he's not a guy that I can't I, – I can't see the Eagles having interest in him. Like, mm-hmm. even if they traded back, because I think their MO is sort of to, you know, like guys that can – you know, that have athletic ability, that can run around, so sort of be dual threat type of guys – and he's not that. So he's like just a pure pocket passer. So, and you know, you're not going to take him at six, but the idea right. on taking him would be if you traded back, picked up a bunch of extra picks, and, and you took that guy. But I don't see the sense in that. Like, if you're going to get a guy like that, then you're just creating a bad, you, I mean, you're just creating a weird you know, quarterback dynamic between him and Jalen Hurts, who are two totally different types of players. So, um, what is uh what is your initial thinking on whether you would take one six or not? I have crystallized my opinion on this, Jimmy, and it's come down to this. I know you're waiting with bated breath over <laughs> there am. as the audience members. Uh, I think it comes down to the Eagles cannot take a quarterback with the thinking that this guy is a better prospect than Jalen Hurts, and therefore we can justify the pick. Like that, can, that alone cannot be the justification to me. They have to fully believe that this quarterback has elite potential, not just like good potential, like quality. Like he has to be like top tier potential kind of quarterback for them to take uh, a quarterback and justify it over Jalen Hurts. It's just, it's not like another position. It's right. It's like, it's not like wide receiver. Um, it's, it's not some other position where you can kind of get by with having a good one or very good one. You need, I think, especially in today's NFL, as you're seeing teams churn through quarterbacks even more because they don't have that elite yeah. guy or if they don't have that elite guy, like you need that elite guy. And I don't, I'm not interested in taking a guy just because he can be better than Jalen Hurts. Like that's, that's not good enough for me. I don't want to just force a pick on a quarterback, uh, just because they don't have one. I think um, I, I just don't love that idea of forcing it. I know in theory, and this is kind of of a like a different way of how I'd think about this. Maybe if I thought the Eagles were closer to winning, uh, I, I wouldn't just love the idea of handing the starting job to Jalen Hurts. But I think with the situation they're in, they're far away. I just I don't love the idea of forcing a pick. I think they need to get an elite player at this number six pick. This this player they pick has to be elite at their position. So um, I started watching a, a few of them. I, the two that I watched so far have been um, uh, Zach Wilson from BYU. And then this morning I watched, we're recording this on Thursday, by the way. Uh, this morning I watched Trey Lance of uh, North Dakota State. Zach Wilson I would take at six, like no question about it. But I don't think he's going to be available there. I think he's going to go off the board probably number two to the Jets, or if they trade out, whoever trades up to that spot is going to take him. Like, he's legit. Like, he is a super accurate passer, and he's got a lot of other attributes. Like, he's got arm strength. He can run around. Like, sold. Like, he's he's like he's really accurate. So, uh, I would absolutely take him. Trey Lance is a little bit of a different uh, study in that he's only played 17 games. Like, his stats in the full year that he played – are crazy like in the aggregate anyway he he um they, they look super impressive on paper and he had he threw 20 touchdowns 
no interceptions. <laughs> but when you look at it like on a per game basis, like he was averaging like 170 some odd yards per game, which is pretty low for a guy that you're going to be potentially picking in the top 10. Obviously, he's got the running ability. Like he ran for 1,100 yards, and just to watch him, like he's a fun player to watch. He's he's got like a running style similar to like uh, like a Cam Newton or a Steve McNair. Uh, even Jalen Hurts is probably a pretty good uh, comp in terms of his actual running style, and that he can beat you with speed or he can run you over. And you know, there's good and bad with that because guys that play that way tend to have shorter shelf lives than guys that are you know that that can beat you. That are either pure pocket passers or that can beat you both ways and can kind of trans transition from running quarterback to pocket guy as their as their careers go on. But I I think your point is right on in that you have to have like an elite quarterback. If you look at like the conference championship games this year, it's Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady in the NFC, and then on in the AFC it's Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, and you know like those are. Are they are they the four best quarterbacks in the NFL? I'd probably have Russell Wilson ahead of maybe Josh Allen, but they're you know they're obviously like the top quarterbacks in the NFL right now. So um, I'm with you there. I do think that Trey Lance sort of has some similarities to Josh Allen uh, at this point. At, at you know where where Trey Lance is now is similar to where uh, Josh Allen was in his career in college in that. They, he's not very accurate. He's not, a, he's not an accurate passer, uh, in my opinion. He's, he had like a 65% completion percentage, but I think that's a little bit misleading. Uh, he has a strong arm for sure. He can run around. And Josh Allen sort of had those same qualities as well. Josh Allen really had to sort of fix his uh, mechanics when he got to the NFL. And I think that's going to be true of Trey Lance. Like his throwing motion is fine. It's just when he tries to power throws, either long throws or um, – you know, throws that need velocity on the in the intermediate parts of the field. He's got this weird hitch with his leg. Yeah, I saw he that. Puts all his, like, his, he like dips his his back leg, and then he tries to, um, you know, he, he sort of powers through it. And I think he's having accuracy issues as a result of that. And then also just that extra hitch is going to lead to, like, more sacks and hits as he's throwing and fumbles and things like that. You just can't have that extra, like, sort of tick on your throw when you're making those kinds of throws. So he's got to get fixed. And I think it's going to be like a one or two year um, period of growing pains for him, which in Philadelphia, you're not often like afforded that long of a, of a grace period. Like I think people were fine with the Sixers being bad for a while. But I think if you're a quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, like are fans really going to, be patient to wait around for you to be to take two years to to become a good player and i think that's sort of what trey lance is so for me i'm a yes on zach wilson at pick number six for trey lance if he's there and like jamar chase is there i'd have a hard time passing on jamar chase there (laughs) like but if, if he's there and chase is gone and the other three quarterbacks are gone and the oregon tackle uh, Sewell is gone, then yeah, maybe I take him there. But uh, he wasn't really. I don't. He was. I'm not really sold as much on him as I was when I watched uh, Zach Wilson. Sorry, that was so, a long. That, that was a long rant. <laughs> so I mean, you haven't done Fields yet, obviously. Yeah. Um, in terms of your profile, but um, I mean, because he'll be relevant in the conversation too. Sure. But kind of going off of what you said about Lance and Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen like worked hard to get better mm-hmm. at his accuracy. Like that was an off-season story heading into this year. Like before his before we saw the proof and the numbers. Like he fifty-two percent as a rookie, and then this past year it was like sixty-nine. I think. Yeah, nice. He worked with um, <laughs> Jordan Palmer. I know, and, and Jordan Palmer gave him a lot of the credit. He's like, look, you know, I I worked with him, but like this dude like put the work in. Like he really wanted to get better at this. And on that note, Jimmy. I feel like, you know, such a big part of this evaluation sure. is going to come back or it's going to come down to things we can't even see. Right. It's going to come down to, like, is this player coachable? I think that's a, a serious lesson to take away from the failures of what ultimately happened with Carson Wentz. And, like, I, I, maybe it's an overcorrection on the, on the part of that to some extent, like, that my mind is there. I, I feel like coachability and accuracy are, like, things I, I just really want out of this next mm-hmm. Eagles quarterback. And on that note, um, Jalen Hurts has one of those things. I, we know he has the coachability. Yes. Um, he has that in spades. And I feel like 
that's in part of why I'm willing to go forward with him is because like if Jalen Hurts fails, it's not going to be for a lack of effort. And I feel like it's easier to live with that as opposed to a player like Carson Wentz where like the talent is all just there and you just like it's not going to work. Like the potential is never going to be realized because of coachability and other roadblocks there. So um, maybe that's just a perception thing. But but yeah, I, I like I'm I'm not all in on Jalen Hurts. I, no one can be because we haven't seen enough. Uh, to to believe that that can be the case, I think you you know you had a good breakdown of his game, and you talked about how uh, you know just really at a basic level, his his ability to throw the ball is yeah. an issue. Like, it was not great throwing the ball last year. Now, I think in his defense, there are multiple things you can say. You can say obviously the system around him was problematic mm-hmm. in terms of coaching and and scheme and uh, talent and everything. Uh, he's only 22. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure he was the youngest starter in the league last year, or, or if not, I guess Burrow might have been younger. But you know, one of them. Uh, you look at how rookie performance always isn't really indicative of future success. Like you kind of can almost throw it out in some cases. Um, I also think you look at the difficulty of throws that Hertz was attempting. Like this isn't a guy who was checking. He was. It wasn't a check down Charlie. Mm-hmm. He wasn't Sam Bradford out there. Like he was. He was slinging it down the field a lot. Sure. So. You know, there's going to be some inaccuracy when you're, you know, attempting more aggressive throws like he did. I think he had the seventh highest percentage of deep ball throws I saw from Pro Football Focus last okay. year. It's yards of uh, 20 plus. So, uh, so that's not, you know, me saying Jalen Hurts is definitely the answer or anything. But I, I just think there is potential there. We, I was looking back at some of the highlights from that he had from his games last year, and the highlights are like, man, like there's there's something here. I don't know if it's a starter, and I think there's been a lot of talk this week about how like the Eagles didn't draft Jalen Hurts to be a starter. Like that wasn't the mentality necessarily of why they drafted him. But as a you know friend of the podcast, BGN alumnus Mike K put it, that doesn't necessarily mean that like they can't consider him to be one this year because they have had a year with him in the building now. They know him more, and maybe that soured them on him, and and they believe in him less. We've heard talk that the quarterback's absolutely going to be in play, and it should be in play. I'm not saying it shouldn't be in play, but I just if if they're going into this draft like we're getting a quarterback at number six, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Well, then that's a failure to me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, your point on Hertz, where like. Um you know, he did take shots down the field. So what I did and when I looked at when I took a look at his game was I pulled out what I thought like were his highlight throws and then I pulled out what I thought like were his highlight runs and I had a video of each of those and then I had a video of like all of his inaccurate throws. And they were like there were a lot of inaccurate throws and I mm-hmm. your point is dead on that like he wasn't just checking it down and making safe passes all day. So in that respect his low completion percentage, which I don't remember what it was off the top of my head. It was in the 50s. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, that's maybe a little bit misleading. Like he wasn't as inaccurate as that might say it was. But he was definitely inaccurate. Like, he was definitely sure. an inaccurate quarter, quarterback. Uh, and, you know, you, you expect that because uh, it was hard to – not hard, but there, there were some throws, and I didn't include them in the video, where, like, there was maybe a little gray area uh, over whether – a pass looked inaccurate uh, just because it was a bad throw or because there was some miscommunication between he and the receiver or whatever. But there was certainly a lot of that going on as well. Uh, when you had such a young uh, wide receiving group um, with Alshon and Deshaun not contributing much, um, you had a lot of young guys in there, of course. And especially in that, you know, that last game, it was just all young guys. So anyway, um, uh, like you said, there's, there's something there. Like he has talent for sure. He can run. Like if you look at like what he is as a runner, I think uh, Ben actually said this during the last podcast. You know he's the second best runner in the NFL behind Lamar Jackson. Like you can maybe make an argument for Kyler Murray, but he's up there. Like he's he's a very good runner. He runs like a, a four five something, and he can run guys over. Like he's he's not afraid of contact, which again, as we mentioned before, is is a good and bad thing. Uh, but uh, he 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 can like the arm strength. I mentioned that. Um, like, I don't think it's bad. I think it's Armstrong that's fine, but it's definitely not, like, a positive trait of his. So, you know, as as a just a player and a snapshot of the player, he's not great throwing the football. But when you have, like, the intangibles that he has and you have, like, the running ability and what you can do um, sort of, like, off of that running ability. Like, I thought that Miles Sanders was a more effective runner when Jalen Hurts played. I thought the yes. screen game actually worked. 
when Jalen Hurts was in the because you have like defensive linemen that have their eyes on Hurts a little bit more than they would uh, a quarterback like that's in, in some kind of motion. Because what was happening all year on that screen game was defensive linemen were just sniffing that out like no problem. They were, they were blowing screens up like all year long. Well, or had, Wentz couldn't complete some of them. Like, that's true. He couldn't too. make the easy throws. That's yeah. right. Yeah, the layoffs, quote unquote. And uh, and when Hertz was in there, like the screen game actually worked. So uh, there's a lot of things that a running quarterback will open up on the offense. So I do think that they're you know I mean it's a, this is a very low bar, but no matter who the quarterback is, they're going to be better than what Carson Wentz was in 2020. I think it's weird when we talk about Hertz and accuracy because he does have a touch. Like he does. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen it. Like I've absolutely seen it in practices. Uh, the, pa- the, the Packers ho- game when he first came in and yes. he, he leaked out of the pocket and he threw like the little the little touch pass over the top for a touchdown. It was pretty early uh, in his like it was pretty soon after he entered that game. But yeah, and the that, one that, the Rager that, too. That, that was a good one. Yep. Yep. I, Ra- so Rager, it's weird. Yeah, the one the one down the uh, left sideline to Rager. Yeah. It's like like it's weird to talk about because I I you know you look at the numbers he cleared I think repetitive accuracy I guess is the way to put it you know being able to you know consistently do it again and again but like. He doesn't totally lack touch in the way that Carson Wentz very much like didn't have touch on those throws towards yeah. the sideline, especially towards the left. Like the touch was like almost never there. It was never like floated in perfectly, kind of like you know we used to see Nick Foles do from time to time. So uh, yeah, there's enough there from Hertz that makes me feel like. And again, this is this is all this is February 25th when we're recording this. There is much time to go. Literally like two more than two months to go until this year's draft. I'm sure uh, you know things can change in terms of testing and prospects and interviews and everything that comes out from now until then. But from where we stand right now, uh, yeah, I kind of lean. I, I would say I lean towards wanting to see Hertz and especially Chase. Like if you're telling me the Eagles can have like you know either Fields or Hertz and Chase, I'm taking Hertz and Chase right now. That's the way I'm leaning. Okay, that's fair. So, all right, so should we take a break here? That's the quarterback discussion. We'll take a break here, but not after, Jimmy, I tell you about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, which I obviously mentioned at the top of the show. It's just good, man. That's I don't know if that's their slogan. I don't know if that's already taken, but uh, I'm going to give it to them as an idea. If <laughs> it's they just take good, it. man. Righteous Felon. It's just good, man. It is, though. It's good. <laughs> uh, I, I've Look, Jimmy, I never lie to the listeners. I've never been in the past like the biggest beef jerky kind of guy, but uh, I had this. And I was like, wow, this is good. Like, I, I was skeptical of all beef jerky, but then I had right to sell and craft jerky, and it was good. Uh, our listeners who have tried it enjoy it very much. Rich Bobby, loyal listener, uh, tweets about it all the time. Um, so it's worth it. Sh- just give it a shot. And you're getting it at a discount anyway. You're helping support BGN Radio, helping support local business. Go to rightttosellin.com. Use discount code BGN15, BGN15, for 15% off at checkout. Jimmy, Back after this. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Back here on BGN Radio episode 170. What are we talking about now, Jimmy? So we'll do we were free agencies on the horizon. Um, the Eagles are not going to be big players in free agency this year, of course, because they, Sally Roseman, mismanaged the cap over the last <laughs> four years, and they don't have any money. But uh, they are going to have to fill out their roster, and they will be looking for some bargain bin guys, I would assume. I don't think they're going to go the old guy route this year like they've done over the last four years when they've been trying to, I mean, 2017 it worked. It did not work in 2018, 2019, and 2020. Um, so they were one for four on that. It worked overwhelmingly when it did work, but not so much lately. So I do think they're going to try to find younger guys that are cheap. And obviously when you find younger guys that are cheap, they're going to have some kind of like major uh, major wart otherwise that <laughs> like other teams aren't going to be interested in them. So uh, I thought we would do maybe a um, like so I know that I've seen I know that you mentioned this off offline before, but um, there are like national guys putting out articles of like you know, <laughs> best fits for like free agent to team. And some of them are just like ridiculous. Like, there's no way the Eagles are going to be able to afford like some of the guys that they mentioned. What was the one you mentioned to me? Uh, the guy on the Jets. 
Uh, Marcus May, yeah. Marcus May, right. Yeah, like, it's possible the Jets might franchise that guy. So, right. <laughs> like, they're not going to be, the Eagles aren't going to be able to afford a guy that, like, is borderline franchisable. So, uh, again, like. And I don't, I don't, I don't even blame the national guys on that, by the way. That's not even, like, a <laughs> shot at them as much as, like, because in, like, any given year, any team has enough cap space to add, typically, like, maybe one guy at least. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, you, can, it's a, you can, yeah, you can, you can, like, have the first year of the guy's salary, or salary cap hit be very low, but then it's going to be mm-hmm. super high in uh, the next few years. And they don't want to do that, I don't think. But oh, I'm well, sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off. Well, I'm just saying, like, it's, the Eagles are in a very, I don't think everyone, just because of how things usually work, I don't know if everyone is in the right mindset of, like, you have to lower your expectations a lot. Like this isn't just this isn't a normal year. Like the names we're about to say for this game are like <laughs> you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Right. This isn't like anyone to get like super excited about. So so don't still listen though. Please listen though. Please. <laughs> we're gonna make it as well. Look, we're gonna make it as exciting as we can. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna try to find the diamonds in the rough to suggest to the yeah. team since Howie Roseman listens to the podcast. I'm not saying you know tune out. I'm just saying like you know you have to. I'm just saying adjust your expectations accordingly. All right. So, uh, what do you want? You want to you want to go first, and then I get two and three, or you want to rever- or do you want or should I go first and you get two and three? Uh, I'm going to go first. Okay. So I want to make sure I get my top guy. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take Mackenzie Alexander. Jimmy, okay. Because cornerback uh, Vikings. Yes, quarterback for used to play for the Vikings when Jonathan Gannon was coaching. You know, defensive backs All right. there. Okay. All right. And has since moved on to the Bengals. He turns twenty. Second round pick, I think. Uh, yes, 54 overall. Clemson? Yes, Clemson. He turns uh, 28 in November. Um, Eagles might need a slot depending on what happens, you know, with Avante Maddox and everything. I just think he's going to be cheap, too. Uh, You have the connection with Gannon. Um, Maybe they feel like you can play on the outside, the versatility. Maybe they like that. Um, So I'm just going to throw Mackenzie Alexander out there, and that's my number one. I am thinking along the same lines as you. I think corner is the most likely position that they will address in free agency because they don't have an outside corner. So, like, uh, I think uh, the guy that makes a lot of sense is Garion Conley, mm. cornerback uh, most recently of the Texans. I uh, was drafted by the Raiders in the first round. He was the guy, if you will all recall, that uh, just before the draft, like a few days before the 2017 draft he was accused of sexual assault and uh a grand jury leader ruled uh not to charge him uh he took like a polygraph test for a lot of teams prior to the draft but still fell far like i think he went 24th uh, overall to the raiders like i said uh the eagles were drafting 14th that year and i was told after the draft i don't know how Flex. how true this was but uh, i was told they, they would have taken him if uh that um, over Barnett. That, yeah, over. So the, the Eagles took Derek Barnett in that draft, and they would have taken Conley instead of Barnett had those um, accusations not come out. Of course, if they hadn't come out, he probably wouldn't have been there at 14. He would have gone sooner than that. Like, like there was a debate whether he would go first. Uh, he would be the first corner gone, rather, um, or if it would be. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore and Lattimore obviously went first because he didn't have so many accusing of sexual assault before the draft. So anyway, Conley uh, it's up and down with the Raiders uh, last year, or excuse me, for the first few years of his um, of his tenure. Um, he was going to start for the Texans this year, but he had a couple surgeries on his ankle, missed the whole season, and uh, he's actually like been pretty productive when he's when he's played. Like when he got to Houston, for example, in 2019, like the Raiders traded him mid-year. I think it was for a third-round pick. Um, he had like 14 pass breakups in nine games, which is pretty good. And he played in the playoffs for the, for the Texans that year. So uh, he's a guy that can come cheap because uh, he's got the injury history. Again, all these guys, like if it's a young, talented player, he's going to have some kind of wart. And uh, in this case, it's that uh, he's had multiple surgeries on his ankle. So... Uh, I think he's a guy that the Eagles could get relatively cheap. Okay, I like that one. That's sensical. The uh, Eagles obviously showed interest in him leading up to that draft, uh, in addition to the knowledge that you know you have that they liked him. So uh, it makes sense. Now what's your other pick? Oh, right, I go again. All right, so uh, I'll go, uh, and we'll go pretty obvious here uh, for the same reason that, that you mentioned, like connection to Jonathan Gannon. That's Malik Hooker. Uh, keeping with the 2017 NFL draft, he was the guy that got picked 
directly after Barnett. And uh, again, same situation as Conley. He's got uh, an injury history. Um, he tore his ACL and MCL his rookie year, uh, came back, you know, played decent enough in, in 2018, um, 2019. In 2020, he tore his Achilles. So he's got an Achilles tear and he's got an MCL and ACL tear uh, on his resume in his first four years in the league. He's still only 24 years old, but if he doesn't get a lot of interest uh, around the league, again, you're rolling the dice because he's got two major injuries. Uh, but uh, again, that's another guy who's young, talented, and uh, I think it's worth taking a swing on him. Maybe the Eagles move Dylan Mills back to corner. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. you're going to have to figure out safety. You know, yes. I don't think McLeod's going to be ready for the beginning of the He'll year. He'll probably I mean, start so, the year on the pup list, I would imagine. Yeah. So, and then, you know, I don't think Kayvon Wallace showed anything last year to have you just be like, all right, definitely penciling him in as a starter. 100%. And you know what? The problem with him, too, is uh, he's more of like, and I don't know how, I don't know what Jonathan Gannon's scheme is going to look like, mm-hmm. but like the way that Jim Schwartz ran it, like they had the guy that was sort of playing the Malcolm Jenkins role, who was sort of like quasi linebacker, uh, played a lot of box uh, responsibilities. And that's what Kayvon Wallace is. They don't have like a, like a sort of a center fielder type um, to back up McLeod unless, as you know, uh, they think that Marcus Epps can be that guy. And maybe they do. Like, I think they like him, but uh, I know the fan base doesn't. Um, But, uh, but if if they want to do better than Epps, then uh, certainly a guy like Hooker is a lot more talented player. So for my second one, I'm going to say Tyrell Williams, who just got cut by the Raiders. Um, you know, look, he's not a spring chicken here in terms of um, what's his age here? I have it written down, and I totally he hasn't been in the league that long, it. like five years, I think. Yeah, that's the thing, though. Like he, so he's he's he turned twenty nine earlier this month, just a couple of weeks ago. But um, when you look at like the, he's only played or he's only appeared in sixty nine games. Yeah, he's played he, in he, five he, seasons. He just turned twenty nine, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I I said that, Jimmy. Oh, sorry, You're not listening. <laughs> um, just earlier this month and yeah, but he only, he's only played in five seasons. Like this isn't a guy with a ton of mileage on him and he didn't really even play at all in his first season. Um, there's obvious connection here. He, you know, had his best two seasons, uh, under Nick Sirianni as his wide receivers coach with both the San Diego and then Los Angeles chargers in 2016, 2017. Um, I, he's coming off a season where he didn't play a single snap. You know, due to a shoulder injury, so that's obviously going to hurt his market being coming off the injury and whatnot. Um, I guess the way I'm looking at this is that I feel like a lot of the focus here for the Eagles should be adding younger guys, really, because you just look at where they mm-hmm. are uh, in their you know retooling phase. But like, you still have to add some. You have to have like some NFL NFL caliber players like on your roster, right. especially I think to help out a young quarterback like. I just don't love the idea of just going forward with only young players at right. wide receiver. Like it could be nice to kind of have like one veteran in that receiving room, just to you know have that guy in there and kind of give the young player like something of a sure thing. And when you you know you look at Williams' background, he gives them a sure thing in terms of a deep threat, which is a very important element, I would think, to the offense. So uh, I'm going to put him in there, and just because you know maybe if the money is close, like. Uh, connections are going to be important for the Eagles who can't just simply outbid teams. Like it, it could come to down to like, Hey, we have a relationship with this player. Maybe this other team's offering a little bit more, but he's going to come here because we have this, you know, connection. I'm just looking at his Wikipedia page here. He's played in four cities, but two teams. I wonder if he's the only guy in Ooh. the NFL that can claim that. Cause he was San Diego, Los Angeles, yeah. and then Oakland and Las Vegas. That's a great point to me. Also, um, uh, undrafted free agent from, Penn State? I don't know. <laughs> Western Oregon. <laughs> so he's mm. probably the only Western Oregon player in the league, too. Anyway, uh, you go again. My third pick uh, is Eric Wilson, linebacker from the Minnesota Vikings. I don't really know what this guy's going to get in the market. Like Some of this is like really hard to judge in terms of what his interest is around the league. But this is a guy who didn't really become a full-time starter until last season – um, he, he played his last season at age 26. Uh, the Eagles have like nothing at linebacker other than Alex Singleton, basically. And uh, Wilson is a guy who worked with or has experience with new Eagles linebackers coach Nick Rallis, who came from the Vikings. 
uh, obviously overlapped with Jonathan Gannon, not at the same position group, but on the same defense uh, back in 2017. So there's some familiarity there, and the Eagles need a linebacker, so I'm going to say Eric Wilson. Okay. I have a lot of defensive players, so I'm going to go, but I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to go offense here. But I'm just looking up his numbers real real quick here. Uh, But I'm going to go Jacoby Brissett, quarterback of the Colts. Um, Originally drafted by the Patriots, traded to the Colts, and he got a big deal, which I'm just looking for. Okay, so he signed a one-year extension with the Colts uh, in September of 2019. Yeah, after luck retired. It was it was worth thirty million. So mm-hmm. like his cap number in twenty twenty was twenty one million. So like he, he it was his cap number in uh in twenty nineteen was uh eight and a half million. So it it, it evens out to, to thirty million. So he, he got an average uh per year deal of fifteen million on that one year extension. So he's not gonna make that now. Uh he's mm-hmm. just a backup at this point for sure. But um he is a guy that the Eagles have done this in the past. Like, I don't necessarily think this is a good idea, but they brought in Chase Daniel, of course, after they hired Doug Peterson from the Chiefs, brought uh, Chase Daniel over. That wound up being a horrible signing. So this isn't a signing that I'm particularly, like, throwing my support behind, uh, mm-hmm. especially if they're they're potentially going to draft a quarterback, that you're going to draft a guy and have Jalen Hurts and spend, like, decent money at least on Jacoby Brissett. Like, I don't know what, what his price tag would be. Let's call it, like, I don't know. Five million, something like that. Mm, I think it could be more. Yeah, it could be. Um, so, uh, again, not in love with the idea of Jacoby Brissett, but that's a guy that they could potentially sign for like a multi-year deal, have a uh, low payment on that first year. But again, I don't love the idea of that, but I can I can see them going down that stupid route again. Uh, yeah. These these coaches that come in, you know, they have their guys in terms of like <laughs> yes. quarterbacks. Like it was Doug Peterson for Andy Reid. Um, you could even say Dennis Dixon for Chip Kelly. Obviously, sure. a different level, but like they like that guy who's been in the system to kind of to add him. So it's definitely there's like merit to it. Um, I think I just feel like Brissett's going to have a market that's bigger than they can pay he for could. just because, just like, just. Because I'm thinking about teams that like might miss out on the quarterback carousel, like New England. I mean, obviously he played there, so there's a connection there. Or even like let's say Washington. Like let's say Washington can't do anything else, and they they they, they have some other ideas. They try, and they're kind of just left, you know, with nothing. And it's like, okay, well at that point we're just gonna you know put Jacoby Brissett into the mix. Um, so I just think another team is going to be able to offer him more money and also more opportunity in terms of like maybe he can actually start for them where. I don't think there's any real chance he starts for the Eagles. Right. Um, a couple of other quarterbacks to well, note. One, one quick thing I will note, though, like oh, last last ahead. year, last off season, um, uh, Andy Dalton and Cam Newton got like no money. Yes. In free agency, so there is a chance that he doesn't get the market. But I'm with True. you. I do think he's going to get it. Like I do think he'll have a market. Like he won't get Andy Dalton money. But uh, but there is that possibility. Yes. Yeah, I don't think it's impossible. I'm just, I'm not, I don't think it's likely. Um, the other two names to watch at quarterback, I think Marcus Mariota, mm-hmm. um, who well, he's the Raiders just might. Well, I agree, but the Raiders just might cut him. And I think he's going to be too expensive. But I will say, the Eagles have a, a guy on his, this coaching staff who was the offensive coordinator in 2015, and then his quarterback's coach in 2016, which I think was his best year, and then 2017, and that's uh, Eagles tight ends coach, uh, Jason Michael. So I just wanted to note that connection. And then uh, I don't think it's Tyrod, if I'm remembering this correctly. I think it's Tyrod. Tyrod Taylor, uh, who I have at the bottom of my list here. Spoiler alert. So I'm not taking him, but I just wanted to bring him up because that's obviously a relevant connection too, having worked with Eagles uh, offensive coordinator now, Shane Steichen, mm-hmm. uh, on the Chargers. And I think he could potentially be cheap depending on what his market looks like. I'm, I'm not expecting him to get a lot. And then also uh, just like a, a logical mentor. And He knows his role. And, like, and, and yeah, he's, done, that, he's done that before with Baker Mayfield. And not that it matters a ton because we're not expecting the Eagles to be like amazing this year. But like the fit in terms of like the offense, like you're running, you know, it's, it's a mobile quarterback. Mm-hmm. But you're having backup. So it's not like you're, you're totally readjusting your offense if, uh, you know, something would happen to Hurts, let's right. say. Uh, so I think that's just, you know, obviously another logical name that's been thrown out there. I'm not breaking any news, but just wanted to put that out there. Um, I had Anthony Walker Jr. on here, Jimmy, but I already took a linebacker, so I don't want to do that again. Well, it's still my pick. I have my second guy I got to take. 
Oh, well, crap. Now you can just take Anthony Walker Jr. <laughs> I'm going to take Anthony Walker Jr. now. Uh, I did like him coming out, actually. But uh, okay. Devontae Casey, safety from the Falcons. Uh, mm. Played cornerback in college. Uh, had a ton of picks in college. He had, if uh, I think he had like 15 his last two years uh, at San Diego State. And um, uh, Falcons drafted him, I think, in the fifth round. That was the year where there was like a run on safeties, like, right before the Eagles picked. I was, like, pretty sure the Eagles were going to take, like, one of, like, the safeties that were coming up on the board, and then they didn't get any of them. Or that might have been the, uh, where was the fourth round? I don't remember. They wound up taking, like, Nate Gary or, uh, or, uh, like, Pomp. Remember that right? I think I'm screwing up my ears here. Anyway, um, <laughs> the Eagles didn't get him. Uh, he led the league in interceptions, actually, in the NFL. In his first full year as a starter in 2018, he had seven of them. Uh, he was playing safety. This would be like a guy who would be like at the top of my list if uh, Jim Schwartz were still the defensive coordinator because he was originally a corner, like I said, in college. And uh, as you all know, Jim Schwartz loves him some safeties that have some corner experience. But again, like um, my uh, previous two defensive picks, Malik Hooker and uh, Gary and Conley, He's got an injury history. He's recovering from um, a torn Achilles that he suffered in week four of 2020. So he's got uh, he's a little bit of damaged goods, but uh, I, th- I, think he's, I think he's a good player. He actually made, uh, in the 2018 opener against the Eagles, he had a hit, I believe it was either on Ertz or Goddard. I want to say it was Goddard. And the ball oh, popped Goddard, up in the yeah. air and... Um, uh, another Falcon teammate picked it off and, and ran it back pretty far. It was a big play in that game. Obviously, the Eagles won that game, but um, he's he's a playmaking safety and he's he can play sort of that Rodney McLeod uh, center field role that we were talking about before. And he makes plays, so he's a guy again like Malik Hooker is worth, in my opinion, taking a swing on. So I had uh, I mentioned Walker. Just he was on the Colts, another linebacker with connections to the staff, but. I'm going to steal one of yours because I think that's fun. One of the names <laughs> you had on your list for phillyvoice.com. Yep. And that's John Ross. Okay. Um, he was one of the players who, I don't know if you remember this, but there was like a report that came out in 2017 prior to the draft. And I think it was like five or six players, kind of almost like how there was like the sexy six back yeah, in 2014. Yeah, yeah. I think he was like one of the, John Ross is one of the players who's rumored to be in that group for the Eagles. And it made sense because they showed a ton of pre-draft interest in him. They mm-hmm. had him in for like a visit. They talked about like the combine. They worked like they did basically everything you could leading up to the draft. So they they have done a lot of homework on John Ross, and also another potentially relevant connection is Eagles running backs coach slash assistant head coach Jamal Singleton was on the Bengals um, last. So you know he he's been on the same team. So they have some inside insight to him, even though uh, Singleton was coaching running backs there. Uh, obviously Ross has been a huge bust. He <laughs> health has been an issue. Um, he did have his best year in 2019 uh, when he had 560 yards. He averaged 18.1 per reception. He had three touchdowns. Um, weird year in 2018 where he only had 21 receptions for two, uh, 210 yards and he had seven touchdowns. So mm-hmm. really strange red zone threat that year. Um, but he's coming off a season where he only had two receptions for 17 yards and, and one first down. Um, so he'll be moving on from Cincy pretty clearly. Yeah, he demanded and to be traded during the year. He did, and he's they and they didn't trade him. So, like, I'm sure they would him. have if they could have, because they were done pretty early, and mm-hmm. he clearly wasn't going to come back. So they probably just didn't find any takers for him, which is a little alarming. So maybe like that Singleton connection might work against him. True, it could. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but I'm just. But if I think you know he's most well known for running that four two two forty at the yes. combine. Like he's he could be. I mean, everyone sort of thinks of Tyreek Hill as being like the fastest player in the NFL, but like the 40 time would say that John Ross is. And if the Eagles are looking at Sirianni as kind of like a wide receiver whisperer, which I I think they kind of are to some extent, like, you know, I think they like that about his background, then maybe, you know, this could be the spot for him to get fixed or at least, you know, it's worth a shot, especially since he'll maybe be 26. Um, So I'll take Ross. And is that my last one, or do I get one more? No, you get one more. One more thing on Ross. So okay. I think he makes sense in the Eagles' offense in the same way – I mentioned this in the article that I wrote – in the same way that um, Marquise Brown operates in the Ravens' offense in that, like, he's a speed guy that you have to respect. 
like if he's on the field, like everyone knows how fast he is. Like forget yeah. about like the lack of production that he's had the first four years in the league. Like everyone knows that he's like super fast. So you can't just have your safeties like creeping up to the line of scrimmage to, you know, lock down, uh, you know, the rushing attack, which in the Eagles case, if Jalen Hurts is starting or if they, you know, draft one of these mobile quarterbacks, um, you're going to have like probably a run heavy offense in Philadelphia in 2021. So he's a guy that at least helps keep it honest. And if you do get the safeties creeping up, then he's a guy that you can maybe um, get some big plays over the top if he can be a reclamation project. Uh, but I do think he fits uh, the Eagles offense, what I think the Eagles offense might look like this upcoming season. So another name I'll throw out there um, uh, that I'm not, I'm putting this on my <laughs> list. I'm just, I wanted to mention it. It was deeper down my list was Samaj P. Ryan okay. who played for uh, Singleton, Jamal Singleton last year in the Bengals and actually had like the best numbers of his career under him. I thought he was uh, out of the league. <laughs> I know. So did I, I was like, Whoa, he's still around. Um, so that could kind of be like a Jordan Howard mold back very cheap uh, yeah. that the Eagles would add like later in the off season. Um, keep an eye on that one. I'm going to say... Oh, yeah, look at that. 4.8 yards per carry for Samaj P. Ryan. Yeah. I'm going to say uh, DeAndre Houston Carson is my last pick. Do you know who that is, Jimmy? I think he went to UNI. He went to William & Mary. Ah, okay. Well, at least I knew it was a small school. He was a six-round pick in 2016. Here's the reason why I think the Eagles might have interest in him. He's kind of been like a special team safety. Like he might just be a Chris Maragos, but I'm thinking like maybe the Eagles think he can like be more than that. That's the kind of player at the very least that they should be kind of like taking a chance on. Like a guy, you know, who hasn't like, you know, been in a bigger role and like maybe if they use him differently, kind of like what, like Billy Bean Moneyball thing, like we'll take this guy and move him to a different position. Maybe uh, there's value in that. Um, not moving him to a different position in this case, but like giving him a bigger role and seeing what he can do. DeAndre Houston Carson is a player the Eagles actually tried to sign off of the Bears practice squad during the mm. 2017 season early, but they uh, were rejected because the Bears just you know put him on their roster instead. It's a good little nugget. Uh, he's, yeah, he's been a good special teams player. Um, so at the very least, he can bring some of that um, and maybe be like your next Chris Maragos for the foreseeable future. Uh, but but maybe he has some defensive potential too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw him into the mix. And uh, you know he used to be in the AFC or sorry NFC North together with Jonathan Gannon. So maybe there's some familiarity there. Uh, it's my final pick. I have a uh, William and Mary story actually. Um, Fran Duffy told a story about me on uh, Birds with Friends once. <laughs> so it's payback time for Fran. So <laughs> so Fran. At the, at whatever whatever year Marcus Trufant came out um, at the Senior Bowl, uh, Fran actually this is a, this is a story in which Fran's knowledge of the draft and draft players, like his vast knowledge, actually worked against him here because there <laughs> he goes up and he's talking to uh, Desmond Trufant, who's probably like the best prospect at that Senior Bowl, and. He had a W on his helmet because he went to Washington. And somehow Fran thought that the W was for William and Mary. <laughs> and he thought it was a, a another cornerback named uh, B.W. Webb, I think it was. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> Fran, <laughs> Fran's asking him all these questions about, you know, like going to a small school and stuff like that. And finally, Trufant was like, I-, I think you might think I'm somebody else. <laughs> But like nobody would look at like like nobody like who didn't know the draft really really well mm-hmm. would ever think that that guy was like William and Mary, <laughs> but like only somebody that knows a lot about the draft and would like care about a player like B.W. Webb would <laughs> would think that it was B.W. Webb. So I don't, I'm not making fun of Fran here too much, but uh, <laughs> he he like thought the best prospect at the Senior Bowl was like some like low level guy at William and Mary. <laughs> That's a good story. All we right. love Fran. So yeah, 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 of it's course. All, it's all in good fun. Love Fran. Um, Jimmy, tell me about Kristen Roach from Roach Realtors. Oh, I still have one more pick, and then uh, oh, sorry, and then I'll tell you about Kristen Roach from Roach Realtors. Uh, all right, so I'll go Akello Witherspoon, cornerback mm-hmm. uh, for the Niners. Up and down career. Uh, a lot of 49ers fans frustrated with the kind of career that he had. He actually got benched 
in favor of Emmanuel Mosley during the Niners Super Bowl run. They benched him during the playoffs. So he had a bad playoff game against the Vikings, and they, they benched him in-game. And uh, he was he rode the bench the rest of the way. Like, he got into games, but he wasn't the starter anymore. And um, 2020 comes around, battled through some injuries. He was like a healthy scratch in, in some games in November. But uh, they had a bunch of injuries down the stretch. And he played, he started three games at the end of the year. Actually played really well. So he kind of closed his, well, if his career is over in San Francisco, they might bring him back still. But if his career is over there, he at least closed on a high note. He's only 25 years old. Eagles brought him in for a pre-draft visit prior to the 2017 NFL draft. So they had some level of interest in him back then. He's got great size, 6'3", a little bit under 200. So if the scheme is going to change a little bit and they want bigger corners, then he's a guy that I think makes a lot of sense. All right, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. Um, the market right now is like crazy. Uh, it's like a total seller's market. The houses are going up for sale and like buyers can't like, – like they're gone before, <laughs> before buyers even have a chance to – to look at them, I know Kristen has a, like a, a bunch of uh, uh, has a bunch of buyers and has been frustrated by <laughs> like people paying like you know fifteen twenty thousand dollars over the asking price. So if anyone is thinking of selling their home, like now that gets the top of the market right now in terms of be, being a seller's market. Kristen and other realtors that she talked that she talks to, like they all sort of agree, like they've they've never seen a seller's market like this before. Uh, she has a listing that she just got, I believe, in Barrington. It just went on the market like a, a day or two ago, and the first day they had like ten. They had like ten people see the house. So um, it is a wild and crazy market right now. If you're looking to buy a house, uh, maybe not the best time for that. But uh, anyway, uh, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five, and here's a song about her. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, she's the greatest, 856-906-9295, Back here on BGN Radio episode 170. Jimmy, Doug Peterson selling his house, as I'm sure you've seen. Mm-hmm. So uh, I feel like I'm guessing he already has a real estate agent or whatever. But uh, I mean, he does. In fact, uh, it is uh, Janet Papali, hmm. wife of Vince Papali. Wow. And Kristen has done a number of deals with uh, Janet Papali. Um, on her voicemail, she says, Have an invincible day. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, all right, final segment, uh, kind of like a potpourri here, right? There's actually some news to me I want to throw in here, a curveball mm, for you. Uh, unless it's, unless this is something that happened like during the pod. Yeah, it's, um, Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson has not demanded a trade. His agent, Mark Rogers, told ESPN, Wilson has told the Seahawks he wants to play in Seattle, but if a trade were considered, the only teams he would go to are the Cowboys, the Saints, the Raiders, and the Bears? The Bears? What? Why? <laughs> yeah, everyone's having that same reaction. Uh, so Russ coming to the NFC East is something I I put out there on the uh, bold prediction podcast I did with my good friend Stats for the SB Nation NFL show last week. So I feel like I only have myself to blame for speaking this into existence. Feels only right that that would happen, but uh, right, hopefully I, it doesn't. I guess he's not friends with Dak then, huh? Because that's kind of messed up. Hmm. <laughs> you know? Well, maybe Dax. Maybe Dax had a dodge. Dax like, he, what the hell, dude? Maybe Dak. Maybe he knows Dak, and he knows Dax's not coming back. Well, they're gonna tag um, him. Are they? I mean, probably. Yeah, but they're gonna tag him. But I mean, that's gonna cost but, them like thirty-eight million. By the way, that's the thing, though. I think, like, I think that I almost think like if if you're gonna tag him, I just think the time to reach an extension with deck is over he has no reason to sign one like he has no reason to sign one at all yeah i don't care about the injury he has no reason to sign one at this point 
he should, you know, ride it because they can't tag him next year. Well, they can't. It'll cost fifty. It'll cost fifty plus million for the one year. Yeah, it's one hundred and forty-four percent. Yeah. Um. So, I just don't see it happening. I, Dak has every reason to try to get to the open market. So maybe the Cowboys realize that, and they realize they can't get to it. So they feel like they just have to move him now. Maybe a Dak Russ trade. Well, there could be that too. So, all right, but enough Saints of that. Saints make um, sense. Raiders make sense. Carson Wentz didn't even want to go to the Bears. <laughs> the, yeah, the statistically worst quarterback of the NFL that was like, eh, I'm good on the Bears. Trade me, but don't Bears, trade me there. <laughs> maybe like the Bears themselves said they wanted him, or like, hey, put us in there. Like, <laughs> like <right>. maybe will it? <laughs> like, you anyway. got to get somebody to want here. If, 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 if another quarterback is like, well, Russell Wilson wanted to go there, maybe it's okay right. for me. Right. Um, so you had on here on the rundown that Howard Eskin apparently said on WIP that he's hearing that Jason Kelsey is having quote, strong thoughts, unquote, about coming back to play for the Eagles. And then you have three questions actually play for the Eagles. Why? (laughs) Right. That's the first one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why would you want to, why would you want to play for the Eagles team? If you're him, you know, like, yes, he's like, each year, be 34. We, we kind of think like this is this could be his last year. I think this year it probably will be his last year if he does come back. So, I mean, Jeffrey Lurie already made it clear that it's going to be a a rebuilding year. And all retooling is the exact word he used. Yeah. Okay, uh, I mean, and then all their actions so far this offseason have backed that up. <laughs> so got rid of the starting quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> right. Backed it up and then some. So if you're him, like, why would you want to come back to this team and put that much and put just more damage on your body uh, heading into retirement? You just had a, you just had a kid. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so moving on to question number two, uh, is this the first step toward him getting traded? Now, the way that that'll work if he is to be traded is the Eagles have to keep him until June first because they can't they can't trade him before then. Or the, or the cap hit would be it. It actually costs more on their cap to trade them than it would to keep them. So it they could agree to a trade in principle, but they couldn't actually execute. Yes, they, they can't like, execute it because and yeah. I for, I forget exactly how it works with the June one designations, but um, you, you only get two of them, and they're going to use their two up on uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Malik Jackson anyway. So he's not a June one, and I don't even, I don't even know how that works trade wise. Anyway, it doesn't, yeah, I don't does, think there's doesn't matter because it doesn't apply. I don't for think the there's post June one designation for trades. I don't think you can yeah. do that. So yeah, so after June one, they'll be able to if he either trade or if he's going to retire, the Eagles will say, yeah, can you like file your retirement papers after June first so that the cap hit isn't insane. Uh, but yeah, so if they are to trade him, it would be after June one, and it would be like a minor savings. Um, but you know, he's still, if not the best center in the NFL, one of the best centers in the NFL. So like, you know, one year for him and his contract is a uh, salary to the new team would only be 5.5 million. What do you think you get in return for him? I think that's like, I mean, well, I think this is the team that makes all the sense in the world for him and it's the chiefs. Mm-hmm. And I think they have some extra seventh rounders. Um, so they've got to do better than that. I would think. No, I agree with that. I'm not saying. I'm just saying like they have extra. They they should be willing to part with picks, and especially because they're you know competing for championships too. I think a fourth would be good. Uh, I don't know what their comp pick situations. I mean, their picks going to be a late. You know, you're expecting a late pick, so yeah. I think a late fourth is what I'm thinking. I think that's fair. I'm pulling up here. Arrowhead Pride has it. Of course they do. Uh, oh, they're actually uh, pretty light on picks this year. It looks. I like. thought they had more. Uh, anyway, yeah, the like Chiefs make all context. the sense, but yeah, so but I think they get like a four, maybe for him. Yeah, they are. So actually, I'm looking at it yeah, now. Here, they're going to get a fourth for Kendall Fuller for losing him. Okay, uh, back to Washington. So like that pick, can yeah. Make, I mean, know, the, like a late. The, the comp pick is going to be re- about the same as the regular fourth pick sure, anyway, but even later. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, they make sense. All they make all the sense in the world, of course, because Andy, because his brother plays there, because they need a center, and this is a real no, <laughs> they have no centers under contract on their roster, other than I think like one practice squad guy, Pete yeah. Swinney from Arrowhead Pride, was telling me. But yeah, it, it makes like too much sense not to happen. I just like selfishly, I would love Jason Kelsey to play for the of Eagles course. as long as he can. I think everyone, no one disagrees with that. But looking at 
And and also, I see merit too that if he wanted to play for the Eagles, there's value in that because I think having like in front of the young quarterback, yeah, yeah, having a good offensive line like is a is not a spot where like that's not a spot to get like cute at. Like if you're gonna have veterans there, I think that's a a fine spot to have him. And yeah, so to to keep the quarterback, you know, uh, like doing good and not saddling him with like maybe a terrible center, which could be like very destructive for his career. So I see value in that if he actually did want to play for the Eagles, but I just can't see him wanting to, and I can't see I, – I just think I, – I hope he goes to the Chiefs. I think that makes the most sense for the Eagles and him ultimately. I think there's trust factor between the Eagles and Chiefs too where like they could agree to like an under-the-table yes. type of deal. And, you know, there are scenarios that like that doesn't really work in in practice a lot of times because uh, like the like NFL draft rolls around, for example – second round like some centers available that they nobody would have anticipated being there that late yeah they're gonna take them you know but mm-hmm. like maybe the chiefs uh you know just they maybe they make a deal for kelsey and they stick to it so um that, well there's okay. value in that like win now like you don't want to oh, rely sure. on a rookie yeah, 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 yeah. like you want kelsey if you're competing for a super bowl this year but yeah i i agree that like so the you know kelsey to the chiefs makes about the same amount of sense as, you know, projecting Wentz to the Colts. When we first yep. started talking about, like, who are potential suitors for Carson Wentz, like, the obvious first choice was the Colts, and then there was a big gap, and then everybody else. Yeah, I think the Colts make all the sense in the world for reasons you mentioned. I think it's it, it almost seems, like, too like logical not to happen. Like, if it doesn't happen, it's like, well... You mean the Chiefs? Yeah. yeah. What did I say? The Colts? Yeah. No, not the Colts. The Chiefs. Um. Anything else, Jimmy? So, what do you other final uh, You got anything uh, cooking for when the weather gets a little nicer here? I want to go to the beach again, Jimmy. That'd be nice. Yes, I want to do that. Oh, I went back to the beach to again. I'm an LBI, LBI guy. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like Beach Haven, kind of. Okay. That end of the the, the long. So you do that extra drive. Weekend. You do the extra drive to just to go to Beach Haven. Yeah, it's it's just always where we went, kind of growing up. And uh, I just like it. I'm just used to it. I like it. I like uh, Bay Village. I like uh, the chicken or the egg. Okay. As I we talked about before in the podcast here, I just <laughs> it's my comfort zone. I like it. It doesn't steer me. I know what I'm getting. Like I'm not gonna go there and it's like something new and like the beach sucks or what. Like I just I know what to expect and I just want to go to LBI. Okay. I'm a surf. <laughs> what about you? Uh, yeah, but okay. yeah, the beach for sure. Looking forward to riding my bike. Yesterday, mm. it was like the first nice, like sort of nice day. Uh, oh, it was great. In a while. Relatively. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it was, it got up to what, like 55? It didn't snow for once. And I, <laughs> yeah. And I ran. I did like a run walk. Flex. More walking than running, but I did like 11 miles. And uh, wow. I had like a, like a light jacket on. I didn't have enough jacket. And like I woke up this morning and I felt not good. <laughs> mm, well, for, first of all, my body wasn't used to that kind of level of activity, but also like I was kind of cold the whole time. So <laughs> like mm. I overestimated how nice it actually was outside. But uh, yeah, I can't wait for the for the weather to get nice again. There's a nice little taste of that on on again. We're recording this on Thursday. On Wednesday, that was that was, that was a little treat. I remember when you. We're at an Eagles, uh, I think it was an OTA practice. I'm pretty sure it was in the spring. Okay. And you came woefully underdressed. And it was like rainy and cold. And you were like shivering. And you didn't have an umbrella. And I felt bad like looking at you because you're yeah. just like, you're, you're just standing there. And you're like shivering. And you're like holding yourself. And I felt terrible. Um, I wear I shorts really into, into November going to the Eagles facilities, mm. by the way. <laughs> okay. So I will Flex. drag that out as long as I possibly can. It was... Uh, it's one of those. Weird, it was like one of those weird days where I guess it was May because it was OTAs. But you know, like sometimes you can get like a. It's not quite summer yet. You can get like a unusually yeah. cold day. It was it wasn't snowing or anything, but it was like rainy, so that didn't help. Anyway, um, this yeah, has there, been. There's like sorry. There's like that saying where like, don't dress for the job you have, dress for the <laughs> the one that you want. Like mm. I dress for like the one that I get demoted to. Hmm, that's fair. Anyway. <laughs> and you haven't been demoted. So I have not it's, been it's demoted. Yeah. Well, they don't see yeah. me. My, my my coworkers and my bosses don't actually see me when I'm at work. So <laughs> that's true. And they um, aren't, they aren't listening this this far into the podcast. Okay, 
this far. They're not listening. So they're listening. They're listening a little they're bit. They're probably not listening at all. <laughs> okay. So you can just say whatever you want. That's, um, right. that's good. All right. This has been BGN Radio episode 170. Obviously, check out my work at wittinggrenation.com, Jimmy Kemsky, phillyvoice.com. Follow us on Twitter at Brandon Gowton, at Jimmy Kemsky, at BGN underscore radio on Twitter for all the shows. Obviously, I have other shows up in the feed. The Babes on Broad just released an episode today. Um, I know Seamus uh, from the Bleachers put up an episode today, so check out those. Uh, go check out the SB Nation NFL show, which we – Jimmy, we had, a, we had a fun time this week playing Tag, Extend, Walk. Okay. With the franchise tag, you know, kind of like uh, – Stealing with birds and friends a little bit, you know, a, a peck, right. nest, migrate, yeah. uh-huh. a, 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 you know, a bop, marry, kill, if you will. Okay. Had some fun with that. Um, check out Right to Sell and Craft Jerky by going to righttosellon.com using discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Uh, and mom and dad, I love you because I know you're listening. You listen to every podcast and I feel like I don't shout you out enough. So uh, there's a nice little surprise for them and uh, no one else. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. I love you too, Brandon's mom and dad. <laughs> Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com.